Hey, Husky fans. Welcome back to the Pac-12 Pick Show. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Kayla Olin, Jake Grant, Mike Martin, and our special Husky guest. We got Walter Bailey. Walter, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, my pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to jump straight into this week. Man, what a crazy week uh, for the Pac-12 for Washington. Obviously, Washington, you know, was supposed to be playing in the Apple Cup. And a couple days later, we're hosting Utah in primetime on Saturday. So mm -hmm. first up, before we get to that, we have Colorado at USC. USC is an 11-point favorite. This one is definitely in doubt right now. We'll see if it gets played. Mike, what's your thoughts on this game? This, if it gets played, in my opinion, is contender versus pretender bowl. And I really don't know which is which. Which team is the contender, which is the pretender. Because Colorado uh, was boat racing UCLA early, and they held on. Uh, who knows if they just kind of looked at the win probability and said, hey, it's over, uh, let's coast, like uh, UW did last week against Arizona. USC, though, hasn't looked like that 91 Washington Huskies <laughs> team that put teams away early, stepped on their throat by the third quarter. We're getting guys out there that we didn't know who they were. USC, they've had to play their guys the entire way and pull things out. I don't look at USC as being a 3-0 and team. Uh, there's a reason they're on the outside of that bubble uh, with, with good reason because I just don't think that they have that killer instinct that, Walter, that your 1991 team had. <laughs> Walter, how about you? Um, I mean, well, I, 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 I love what, uh, what Mike said. I, the only concern I have is um, Colorado, they've, they've won. You know, uh, U, USC has won. But, yeah, I don't know which one you're going to get. I just don't. And the reality of it is um, the scary thing about SC is they have had lackluster wins. But they have enough stuff offensively and defensively that it could scare you, right? But – underachieving yeah I really believe um, that's the case I would not be surprised if Colorado bumps these guys because it looks like Colorado was kind of consistent and they look like they're for real so coach Dur coach Durrell has them uh, has them playing so we'll we'll see I'm I'm looking at you know maybe uh, Colorado 24 SC 21 Ooh, good game Kayla Kind of what Mike and Walter was saying, Colorado looks scary good. Being projected to finish last out of every other team in the Pac-12, number 12, they've done much better than that. So far, they're not going to be in last. And this might be the most complete this Buffalo team has looked in quite a few years since they played Washington in that Pac-12 championship game in 2016. Jared Broussard, the running back out of Colorado, has about 308 yards on 58 carries. But that is basically what is carrying the Buffalo team right now. So I don't know if they'll be able to pull it out against USC, honestly, especially if SC game, game plans properly. Like you mentioned, the defense works, the offense works. So if that defense really locks down Colorado in that run game, I would have to say USC by seven. 
Yeah, and Jake, on our podcast, we talked about, you know, trying to find a win for Colorado and kind of the dysfunction of the hiring of Carl Durrell uh, after uh, Mel Tucker taking off after he said he was going to stay. But this Colorado team looks like they turned around, and this is a real challenge for USC. What do you have in this game? Yeah, the scary part for this game for USC is that Colorado has drank the Kool-Aid, and it's all right here. They've tasted victory, and now they know what it feels like, and they want to keep with that rolling. You know, they want to roll with those Ws. And now that they've they've felt what a win is like this year, and they know that they want to keep doing that, that's a scary thought for USC because Colorado was supposed to be broken by now right. mentally. They were supposed to be a bottom feeder, and USC, USC was supposed to just roll right by these guys. And now Colorado saying, hey, we belong with you guys. We're going to play our hearts out. And we're going to possibly be in, in a spot to go to the Pac-12 championship when everybody thought that they were just going to be at last place. So I actually – I'm going to pick Colorado to win this game because, like I said, they drank the Kool-Aid and they want to win. I'm going to pick them to win 28-21. Yeah, I haven't made my pick yet, Trevor. Oh, go and ahead, Mike. The thing, that I'm going to, the thing that I'm going to say about Colorado is in 2016, they were in that Pac-12 championship. We saw the recruiting bump that Washington got out of that 2016 run. And we're seeing that now on the field. Colorado, they had a very good recruiting class in that time frame. And uh, you're getting like two years of recruiting out of that. Now those guys are more mature. The Huskies have been putting guys in the NFL, so they have lost a lot of that talent. Colorado has not been putting those guys into the NFL because they're staying. So now you have a lot of experience and a lot of good guys on that roster. So I have to agree with, with Jake. Uh, I think that Colorado pulls this one out in the end. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, and it kills me to say this cause I do not like picking USC. Uh, I definitely, if I'm picking against a spread of 11 points, I'm going Colorado, but uh, I think that with just the athletes that USC has and, that they seem to play to their competition. I, I think USC is going to pull this out. And honestly, for Washington, as they go throughout their season, if they can take care of business, uh, playing a ranked USA, a USC team with a couple of quality wins under their belt, I think will be more beneficial for Washington. Now, moving on, we have big game. We got Stanford heading to Cal. We got a couple of teams that are searching out their first win. Cal's a one-and-a-half-point favorite, essentially a pick em. Kayla, what do you have for this game? So Stanford has basically had about two whole weeks to prepare for this matchup since their WSU game was canceled. <laughs> Cougars. Both teams are 0-2, like you mentioned, looking for that first win. But Stanford's losses has looked much better than Cal's. That first half, Stanford hung in there with Oregon in their very first game. Last year, the Golden Bears actually snapped a nine-year losing streak to the Cardinal. But with the lack of playmakers and threats in the rush game for the Golden Bears, only averaging 81 yards per game, it makes it fairly easy to game plan, almost like planning for an air raid, right? So I would take the quarterback of Mills with Stanford over the quarterback of Garbers in Cal in this matchup. And I would probably say Stanford by seven. Jake? Kayla makes some pretty good points, but I think Cal coming off of its 
one and only game, has some things to improve on. Uh, you're going to see Garbers play a lot better. That kid is a really good quarterback. I expect Cal to win 24-20. Cal just lost to Oregon State, though. That's okay. I mean, Oregon State got a <laughs> only win. Like, congrats. Now it's Cal's turn. Right. Mike? You know, I think that, for me, this is really a toss-up. I can't figure out which way I want to go with it. You, uh, excuse me, Stanford with Mills at quarterback is a different team. Uh, I think that if, if Stanford had Mills at quarterback, they're not kicking field goals against Oregon. Yeah. For, for Cal to lose to Oregon State, we all kind of laughed about that last week, but I think uh, Alameda and Kayla and I all had Arizona State winning that game. Uh, last week against Cal, we all kind of laughed about it, but I had to re look at that. But I think that that Cal has some bigger problems than than on offense with with Garbers. Uh, they lost a uh, a few guys on their defense. Was Evan Weaver really that valuable to that defense? Yes. Um, I, I don't know that he was because Dang is a pretty good uh, linebacker. Uh, you know, I can't pronounce his first name, but you know, that, that defense is still a Wilcox defense. I trust it. Do I trust him to, to put away Stanford? I, I got to go with Stanford in this one. Walter. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, I love what everybody said from Jake and Kayla and, and Mike. I think the biggest thing is, is it's a toss up. Um, I really believe um, Cal is, I really felt it going into the Washington game that they might be the team that no, that people overlook and they're really good, but they have, since they've been hit with the COVID, um, I like Garbers that he's got some threats, man, as receivers, but they don't have Brown. And so Brown is a beast. That guy's a running back for all running backs, but he's, I think, I don't know. He's not, he hasn't been playing. Um, but I wouldn't bet against, um, I wouldn't bet against Sanford, man. I mean, when you look at you know the 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 coaching staff, uh, yeah, they they got a new co uh, a new quarterback, but I, I really believe that um, when you when you look at it, it's gonna be I think it's gonna be close. Um, if they let Garbers really get comfortable and start rolling out, he is dangerous when he gets outside of the pocket. Um, so I I could see this as a toss up, but I like Stanford um, twenty. I'm going to say 20, uh, 24, uh, 24, 14. Very nice. And I'm, I'm with, I'm with the Stanford people, Walter. I'm with you on this one. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Chase Garbers, you know, he, he was really bad in his first game in the second game. He still had the two picks, but he started to look a little bit more comfortable. Uh, if, if Davis Mills had been playing this entire time, I think Stanford, you'd see Stanford favored in this game. But what we saw Oregon State be able to do is uh, break off some really big runs. And Stanford ran the ball well against Oregon. So I think Stanford leans on the run and does just enough. And it's like a 17-14 defensive slugfest. Moving on, we have the game against Oregon and Oregon State, which no longer is called the Civil War. So we're going to call it the Platypus Cup. Jake, <laughs> what do you see in this game? 
Offensively, Oregon's had to play three different types of football games, right? They right. against um, Washington State, they had to th- uh, they had to mix it up. They had a lot of throwing, a lot of running. Uh, UCLA last weekend, it was strictly throwing. Uh, Shuck had 334 yards in the air, which nobody had planned to see that from him. Mm-hmm. UCLA kind of made Shuck beat them, and he did it. Mm-hmm. Albeit UCLA put up a heck of a fight. I expect Oregon State to try to take away Shuck and make them earn every yard running the ball, which we've seen week one, Oregon has the capability of doing, but you don't want to get boat raced by that, that passing offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it earlier, Oregon State got its one and only win. Um, and I expect to see that. I'd see Oregon boat racing these guys, uh, 45-21. Walter? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things like um, I think Oregon is um, definitely a, a better team. I, I like them offensively and defensively. Their, their quarterback has shown me a lot. Um, the one thing about Oregon, and they do have some X factors. Um, number 30 is an X factor. Um, I can't think of his name, but he is the inside slot receiver, and the guy is good. And so he is a matchup nightmare for any defensive back because he can get open, and if you miss the tackle – He's getting yaks after that. So um, for me, I really believe in for Oregon State to keep this game close, they have to run the football. Um, I do not see Oregon State uh, beating them uh, through the air. So um, they're going to have to ground and pound and try to hold that uh, other uh, offensive Oregon off the field. Uh, but I like the Ducks uh, 35-21. Mike? I tell you what, I, I know people – Everyone wants to kind of look at Oregon State. At, they got a win, but I tell you what, what did they, they, they got 14 points on Washington, uh, but they held Washington to a field goal in the second half. Then they go and knock off a Cal team. We don't know if Cal's defense really is that bad or if Oregon State's offense is that good. Can mm-hmm. they keep pace with Oregon? Oregon hasn't shown me that they could put teams away mm-hmm. and – it might be my purple tinted glasses saying Oregon State, but I might be the only person, uh, you know, north of the Oregon border, outside Corvallis even, to pick uh, the Beavers, but I'm going to go with the Beavers. I love it. Kayla. So Oregon has a great offense. We would be lying if we said that they didn't. C.J. Verdell, the running back one, is – the best running back in the league. He has 241 yards already. Their quarterback, Tyler Shuff, has 197 rushing yards as a quarterback. Then you have Travis Dye, running back number two, has 172 yards on the season. They aren't invincible by any stretch. We saw that with the three games that they did play. They were all fairly close at one point. However, Oregon State has a better offense than defense, in my personal opinion. So I think it's going to be a long night for the Beavs. And so I will pick Oregon by 17. And I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I look at this matchup and, and I see uh, Oregon State being able to stay with them with, in my opinion, uh, oh boy, what is the uh, – Jamar Jefferson – is is the best running back in this conference uh you're you're seeing the two best right now and i think the factor that's going to come into it uh, a couple of things on oregon you see 
teams have been able to run on Oregon. Stanford, with a backup quarterback, was able to run on Oregon. And then uh, John Canzano tweeted last week, uh, he said, you can throw on Oregon. And then he, uh, in, in parentheses, well, maybe not you, but teams can. So there's spots on that Oregon defense that are uh, weak spots that Oregon State can um, exploit, but I just don't think Tristan Gebby is the guy that's going to be able to get Oregon State over the top. If I'm betting, I would uh, take Oregon State's points at 13 and a half, but I still think Oregon wins by about a touchdown to 10 points. Moving on, our uh, on second one second, one second, Trev. One, one thing real quick about Oregon State, I just want to throw out there, they're one and two, but what's the one thing that they've been consistent at is playing a full 60 minutes of football competitively with everybody that they play. Sure. So don't be surprised if they come out and they, they keep it tight with Oregon State for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Right. Their defense is lights out. Yeah. I mean, I have to say Oregon State really impressed me. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Can't wait. Uh, then we have Arizona at UCLA. Uh, of course, we know what happened to Arizona last week. UCLA, uh, really, if they don't throw an intercept, a pick six uh, at halftime, uh, you know, if everything plays out the same, they win that game. Kayla, what do you got on this one? Like you mentioned, UCLA and Chip Kelly have finally started to click. All of the gears are finally connecting. It's all meshing together as one. Chip Kelly is getting his program finally into place with UCLA. Arizona went two for 13 on third downs while only averaging just shy of three yards per rush against Washington. Kind of like you mentioned, we all saw what happened, right? But UCLA looked legit against Oregon's offense, holding Oregon to just three for 11 on third down efficiency. So you can compare those, but then you also have UCLA's quarterback with Chase Griffin. He hit six different receivers against Oregon. Washington utilized eight against Arizona. You can compare that as well. That being pointed out, we know how well that worked out for the Wildcats last weekend. We saw what happened. So I just think UCLA has too many weapons and playmakers and people in their back pocket to go to that it's going to make Arizona have to prepare a lot harder than UCLA is. And with that being said, I would say UCLA by 17. Jake? Uh, I actually want to disagree with everything that Kayla just said. What else is new? Uh, Right. Um, (laughs) Them being one and two doesn't justify the fact that Chip Kelly's turned that program around. Uh, They did play Oregon tough. I do agree with that. They beat a, uh, what looks like a pretty bad Cal team, and then they lost to Colorado. Uh, none of us know really what Colorado is right now. Are they that good? Are they, have they just beaten really bad teams? Mm-hmm. I don't think UCLA has turned it around at all. Um, I, with that being said, now I'm going to agree with Kayla. They're going to win by 17. <laughs> 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 oh, that was good, Jake. I like that one. I don't think you can do that. Just knock that one up for a win for Jake. <laughs> Walter, what do you have in this one? Oh, uh, this this is it's confusing because Jekyll and Hyde with Arizona. I mean, right. is Washington as good as I think that they are? I mean, of course, I'm selfish and biased. <laughs> um, the week before. Arizona should have beat – they should have won that game against SC. The guy should have had that interception. And Washington made them completely look disoriented. I mean, they smacked them. And so they were still in shock by the 
by the fourth quarter. And so for me, seeing the offense that UCLA has, I don't know about UCLA's defense. I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm not saying that they're showing me anything of being resilient. Um, I look at Arizona really being able to have some success, but I think the offense is too much for uh, UC or the offense is too much. UCLA's offense is too much for Arizona. I I'm looking at uh, 28, uh, 28-21, right? I think I think Arizona's going to score some points. I think that their matchup is different. I think the other quarterback um, is going to do uh, uh, Grant Gannell. I think he's going to do much better. He's been averaging what three touchdowns a game. So uh, yeah, he got that three in in, in mop up time, but still this three touchdowns. So um, we'll see. I think that uh, it might be a little closer than we think than I think. So, Mike. Well, I have to say that I'm glad that I didn't follow Kayla and all the numbers that she throws <laughs> out on us. Because man, you know, I don't have numbers to back up everything that I say. He was a good No, he didn't. But the thing about what Kayla said, though is about Chip Kelly getting his system installed. And the, where you can see that evident is when he can wheel out the second-string quarterback on very little notice and execute that offense. Uh, that says to me that, that Chip Kelly is close to having that install complete there where uh, the parts become interchangeable and they know they execute, but that's what we saw at Oregon, how they could just wheel out any different running back and they would all just have, be executing at a high level. That's the only thing that has been missing from, uh, from that Chip Kelly offense down there is, is, is they can execute can they execute as a high level for uh, 60 minutes? And if, if they can do that, it could be a long day for other teams. We saw UCLA have to come back uh, against, uh, against Colorado. And that, again, I don't know if that says, you know, we looked at the win percentage and, you know, we're probably going to win. So we're going to just kind of roll the rest of the way. Or if that's Chip Kelly having his guys never uh, taking their eye off of that clock and say, we're going to play 60 minutes. We're going to play all the way to the end. So I actually think that uh, UCLA really, they break out uh, the drum and they beat it in this one. I think, uh, I think, excuse me, UCLA puts 52 on the board. Hmm. So Jake can attest to this over the Chip Kelly era at UCLA. I've, I've picked them to finish way higher than they have uh, every single year, uh, expecting them to return to a bowl every single year, just to have my heart broken over. And well, over. no wonder you're hosting this show. <laughs> exactly. So this is therapeutic for me. Uh, that being said, uh, like a dog returns to his vomit, I'm going right back to UCLA. <laughs> And I am taking the Bruins, the, the mighty Bruins. They're going to uh, really pour it on Arizona. Arizona's going to score. It's still going to be high scoring. I like the number 52. I'm a little afraid of it, though. Uh, I'm going to stay at my 45-33, uh, putting the seat underneath um, Kevin Sumlin on absolute fire. Yeah. Uh, now we're heading to the game that we all care about. Of course, 
Utah answering the bell coming to Husky Stadium. Jake, before we get to your preview, Walter, what do you got on this game? Man, I, 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 I you know, I'm going to keep it, I'm going I'm to keep it toned down because, man, I'm fired up about this. Um, the Huskies showed me a lot. I can say I, I did a little research on, on Utah. And one thing I can tell you about Utah, I love Coach, Will, um, Coach Whittingham. I love how he coaches all three phases. Every team that he puts out there is quality. They will show up. Um, and they're going to come hard. Um, but the, we, we, we're, we're looking for – Washington's looking for, for payback. They got us last year at home. And so uh, we got to return the favor. Um, I'm looking at um, a hard-fought uh, game, but I'm looking at Washington uh, taking control, uh, giving them a heavy pounding on the ground. I'm looking at um, us being able to get about uh, three turnovers. I'm looking at about four sacks. I'm even thinking a couple interceptions uh, within that package. Um, also, I'm looking for a big play, whether it's going to be Trent McDuffie or we're going to be looking at Kyler Gordon taking one back on a kickoff return. So we will see tomorrow either a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, Washington Rose, we thumped that drum tomorrow. I'm saying 45-20. Uh, Jake. Okay. All right. I like I that. I love it. We know what Washington is defensively, right? It's a Jimmy Lake defense. Let's look past that. Let's, let's look offensively. Washington offensively has been extremely efficient with the ball this year. Morris has 370 passing yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and no interceptions. Uh, we have three running backs that all have over 100 yards rushing with six touchdowns and no uh, turnovers. Now let's look at – now it's only one game for Utah, but let's look at that one game. They have been extremely opposite of that. They had uh, one throwing touchdown, two interceptions, and they had two lost fumbles by the running backs. I don't – I think I see Utah righting some of those wrongs. But like Walter said, I, I think that it they're going to be a couple of turnovers. And Trevor, you have been the one over and over and over and over and over again saying, this is Keith Taylor's day. Mm -hmm. He's getting that interception. He needs it. This is the game. He's getting, he's getting not one, but two Ooh. on Saturday. Ooh, I like that. Please okay. give me that. Was Washington rolls 37-20. A deuce for numero ucho. Uh, Kayla. Ucho? Wait, oh, wait. Ucho. Just a second. What number is ucho? <laughs> <laughs> It went from so cool to so bad. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was so excited. It went so cool to so bad, man. He's the host with the most. <laughs> He's the host with the most. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I think we're on to Kayla now. <laughs> Go ahead, Kayla. Few things, Jake. You mentioned Washington hasn't had a turnover. You better knock on wood right now, because if not, I'm coming for you. Something goes sideways. <laughs> Two, the line that UW is only favored by seven is oh, insulting. I think after how Washington played compared to Utah, only seven. That makes no sense. But Jake Bentley, quarterback for Utah, didn't have a great first showing. With like you mentioned, Jake, one touchdown, two interceptions. And I'm not sure it'll look much better after the way the UW defense handled Grant Gannell last weekend, played lights out against Arizona. Like you said, 
I like Utah by 17. I don't think Utah has had enough turnover time and maybe necessarily prepping. I'm not sure if they did prep for Washington. Like Hudson, like sent his presser. They gambled and was basically prepping for Utah the last couple of days, knowing the Apple Cup wasn't happening. But Kyle Whittingham wants to come back with a vengeance after that Pac-12 championship game in 2018. But like you mentioned, Washington did lose to them last season. So I think Washington comes back with an even bigger vengeance. They don't like losing at home, and I don't think they will this weekend. I just want to clarify, I'm pretty sure Kayla said Utah by 17. (laughs) Utah by 17. Uh, That makes more sense. I agreed with you. I actually agreed with you, Jake. Mike, final word. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kayla and kind of nerd out on some numbers right here. Uh, First and maybe the most important number is the Washington defense. The starters have not given up much of anything uh, yards or scores in five quarters. They pitched three shutout innings against Arizona and the last two against Oregon State. Uh, They held Arizona to 66 yards in those three quarters they were or Arizona was 0 for 9 on third down uh, against the Beavers the Beavers enjoyed about as much success so this is a defense and let's try to give uh, give a little more credit to coach Kwiatkowski because we say Jimmy Lake but this is this is the brainchild of his doing of what he has put out there he has been the one consistent thing in that defense jimmy lake was at the defensive backs he wasn't running this defense back in 2016 this has been the guy coach kwiatkowski he is putting together not his dream defense because if it was a dream defense he'd have uh levi ozarike joe tryon out there but these guys can bring the heat edifon yulo fashio through uh two games is the uh, uh, something like the third best pass rusher in the country? Okay, um, the Huskies uh, in in that Arizona game they got to the quarterback, uh, like bringing him to the ground, twenty one percent of his dropbacks. Uh, I think that that whoever is the quarterback for Utah better be handing that ball off because. The Huskies are going to come after, and those two interceptions, I think you said Keith Taylor, I don't think that that is out of the realm because they're going to have, they're going to have ZTF, they have Ryan Bowman. Those two guys are uh, number one and number four in the conference in pass rushing. So if there's a soft spot, it's going to be the, that interior defense, and I think the Huskies, at this point, they know what they have on that defensive interior. And I think they, they may leave Edifon in the middle a little bit more, use him as a decoy, and gum up that middle with Thule, with Taki, with, with um, number 11. He was number 90 Josiah last Bronson. year. Josiah Bronson. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that the Huskies can really do some damage to a guy, I know he has 33 starts when he was back in South Carolina, but you know they showed that when there's pressure on him, he's coughing up the ball. 
and maybe that's why he's a grad transfer. Uh, I think the Huskies, again, uh, I think that they don't allow any points in the first half. They might give up a little bit in the second half, but I think this is a, this is Jimmy Lake's opportunity to really make a mark and say this is the start of the Jimmy Lake era. Uh, you, you were like Coach Pete. He's saying this to Kyle Whittingham. You were like Coach Pete, but this is Jimmy Lake, and I think that he wants to really kind of pick up where they left off in that first half and the third quarter and really kind of do what Walter's teams did in the 90s and really just kind of build a lead early and step on their throat and get out. Mm. Yeah, I like, I like that. Fantastic. Can we give a, yeah, can we give a shout-out to uh, – uh, Coach K, because I'm. Thank you for that, Mike. Coach K has been. He's been special. That, the 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 entire uh, Washington staff needs to be commended, and especially Coach Donovan. He showed me something last week. That guy broke some stuff out. I knew it was coming, but he showed me an efficiency to pe- to play to the the um the the team strengths, and it really looked cerebral and it looked really good. And they're going to get better because we did have some drop some drops. So uh, that's going to be in. That's going to be a big area. Um, that could be very exciting. You see what our receivers are going to do. Absolutely. And Walter, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, That was some great insight into what it's like to be there and uh, really your knowledge of the Pac-12. That'll do it for us from Trevor Mueller, Kayla Olin, Jake Grant, Mike Martin, and of course, Walter Bailey. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.